2: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.
3: Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be joined by... Some awesome guests, Kevin Flaherty, always awesome guest, joins us at 440 on today's show. We uh, also have three of KU football's 2024 commits, the Desert Edge 3, Deshaun Warner, Andre Gibson, Jonathan Kamara. They're all going to join us as part of an interview coming up later this hour at 340, so looking forward to that. We've also got a a couple other fun segments, uh, some Marcus Adams, more news as that goes. We're going to be opening registration for rcst football trivia i'm excited for my top 10 list of people who try to rip you off later i hope you include
4: the one of my suggestions on there
3: uh maybe maybe not we'll see (laughs) we'll see if it's on there uh that's for sure uh first things first though rcst is brought to you by 23rd street brewery in lawrence and we're going to be opening things up with another ku football position preview so we've gotten through the quarterbacks the running backs so far. Next up, we're going to go with the wide receivers. So that's where we're going to start things off today. Um, So how we've been doing this, we've been talking, you know, we have things divvied up into the starters, uh, the two deep or, you know, two deep adjacent, the next up players, and then others that are kind of on the roster. So uh, KU actually returns all their starting receivers. Lawrence Arnold is a fourth-year junior, so he could actually have another year. Luke Grimm, fourth-year junior. He could have another year. Quentin Skinner, fourth-year junior. Uh, that's pretty cool that you return all three of your starting receivers and they could also still all return next year, too. We'll see if that ends up happening. But in the case of Grimm, he led the team in receptions with 52. Arnold led the team in receiving yards with 716. And it was Grimm tying for the team lead. At least he had the team lead, though, for wide receivers because he was tired of Mason Fairchild with receiving touchdowns with six. Uh, Skinner finished second on the team in. in receiving touchdowns for receivers with five, and uh, I believe was the team leader in yards per catch. I guess it depends what was, the qualifiers he were. He was getting the deep balls. Well, it's like Trevor Wilson had two for 52, high shot three for 95, Lachlan had eight for 155, but I don't know. If you go for like guys who only had double-digit catches, then, then yeah, he led the team in, in yards per catch. So you get a little bit of something different from each player. Arnold is kind of your maybe all-around receiver, got the big body, super high potential, got enough straight-line speed, uh, makes contested catches. With Luke Grimm, you get the kind of route runner, slot receiver, crafty-type receiver. And with Skinner, you get the deep ball guy who's you know big-body receiver, really tall, lengthy receiver with a ton of straight-line speed, right? Yeah. So you get a little bit of everything from all three. Now, you go to the two deep after that. These are guys who we figure will play a lot of snaps, rotate in, uh, be a part of the... I don't know. Everyday lineup and, and getting those rotational plays. Tanaka Scott is a redshirt sophomore. He was someone we heard a lot about headed into last offseason. Then he yeah. had the off the field incident happen, yeah. and that kind of derailed the beginning to his year. He started to get more playing time as the season went on. Ended up catching eight balls for one hundred nine.
4: Big, uh, big catch against TCU. Right? Was it against TCU where he had that like fifty five yard catch down the side, or was it Oklahoma State?
3: Hmm.
4: Which game did he have it? He had one. Remember, it was a drag route. He made the catch,
3: ran for like fifty yards. I don't think he scored though. It was TCU. TCU. Yeah. One catch for fifty-two yards. Yeah. He also had a catch for twenty against Arkansas in the bowl game, um, and he was someone who I actually, when you know, we were at Big Twelve Media Days last week, and I asked Kenny Logan as part of the media scrum, like who's the receiver that's going to break out or surprise people this year. He said Tanaka Scott.
4: Yeah. The hype. I mean, you know, like like you kind of mentioned last fall or last summer, heading into the fall camp uh, and whatnot. It was Tanaka Scott was a sort of a hot button guy. A lot of a lot of uh, praise from the coaches of, oh, this is an NFL type body. This is a guy who can make NFL level catches. And then obviously had the uh, off the field thing, which you're right. Uh, I think he was he he missed the first game, I believe, uh, before coming back to the team. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he yeah, but yeah. It, but it, so, it certainly but it still took some time to kind of get back into things. And now it feels like we might be in the same boat as we were last summer, where. I think he might again be getting some more run, and uh, if he's able to to continue off of that and avoid you know something happening off the field, it it feels like he is a guy that could be primed to have a a pretty significant impact
3: potentially. Yes. And you know maybe it's something where he has good impact as your fourth receiver this year, and then it's like if one of those receivers are gone, then you just plug him into being a starter the year are after. Uh, Doug Emelian's kind of in a, a similar spot. He's a, a redshirt sophomore. Transferred in from Minnesota last year, played kind of sparingly for KU. Um, on the season, he ended up with two catches for 21 yards and a touchdown. And he's someone we've heard is you know really good route runner, uh, shifty with the ball in his hands. So yep. we'll see what what it looks like in year two for him. But obviously, he's a, still a young player. More of a
4: slot type guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, Trevor Wilson, redshirt junior. He's someone who kind of the same boat as Tanaka Scott. Yeah, what happened with the off the field thing? Exactly. Except he was in even more trouble. So he had a longer yes. term suspension. Now, the year before in 2021, he got 27 passes for 364 and a touchdown. He was a deep threat. He's a guy who you get the ball in his hands. He can make guys miss. He can also outspeed guys downfield and having that type of player. It's not uh, KU at the receiver position is really set. They're in a really good position they don't have a ton of guys like trevor wilson necessarily so he could have a a very specific role in that regard he's a redshirt junior and then you have kevin terry who's a sixth year senior who had a really good spring game for ku kind of a reliable target um can for, we can
4: we call it the spring game yeah the spring, spring showcase
3: showcase spring practice i believe he was hurt all of last what year is,
4: what are some other good synonyms for uh showcase or practice the spring fiesta, the spring fair. Dude, the spring... if they called
3: it the spring fiesta and they, like, that would be awesome. I'm all for the that. The spring festival. I'm all for the that. The spring parade. The spring. No, I think you nailed it with fiesta. Just stick with that. <laughs> uh, so, And then you have our next up conversation, which are guys to, you know, kind of be on the lookout for down the road. But it might be hard to crack the two deep when you look at, you know, all those seven guys possibly back. Quentin Conley, redshirt freshman. He's a former, like, uh recruit from, I believe, the Missouri area, big-bodied receiver. Maybe he has some potential to him. You have a trio of freshmen coming in. Keaton Kubeka, Jared Sample, Siraz Buncombe. Kubeka is uh, seen as being—I know, I've heard really good things about his blocking ability, too, as a receiver. I don't know if that'll help him get on the field early. He seems
4: like, among those three, the one that might have the best chance to maybe get on the field a little bit, potentially.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jared Sample is kind of the— Trevor Wilson, type of receiver, a little shorter receiver, but really good speed downfield. Good if you get the ball in his hands, maybe can make an impact on special teams. Saraz Buncombe is a receiver who joined you in the spring, so maybe that helps him get on the field. I, mean, and, I feel like i sort sure, of,
4: if you're going to build a team off of names, he's 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 all confident. Saraz
3: Buncombe is a great name. <laughs> he's all Without confidence. a doubt. I mean, Keaton Kubeka is a great name, oh, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of getting alliteration in there, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then we have uh, others on the roster. Reese Thomas, he's a redshirt sophomore. Hunter Luke, he's a freshman, uh, who by the way is wearing number forty-one.
4: Oh, that's terrible. You hate the number forty-one. Well, what do you think about it on on forty-one in football is fine, but on a receiver, on a receiver, it's terrible.
3: Okay, and then uh, Israel Moses, who is a freshman. I don't know if if all three of those are. are You
4: have to be either a tight end, a fullback, or a linebacker. Okay, that's it. You have no other options.
3: Mm -hmm. Any other? Any other position? No. Sorry. Uh, it's a weird receiver number. But I, I believe he's a walk-on, so maybe that's just one of those things where it's like, hey, all the receiver numbers are gone. It's like you have to pick something else. Well, you can pick anything besides 41. Maybe you can't. The
4: other you numbers are taken. 80 through 90. You can pick one if all through... all of them are taken. You can pick one through
3: 30. All of them are taken, possibly. Every number. One through uh, maybe. 30. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Um, so then we get to the biggest story in question marks uh, about this, this unit. I guess... Question one is, it's it's not really, like, these questions don't have to be, like, bad things about, like, oh, is this player going to stop? No, yeah. Just how good is this group? Because last year, they were awesome. I mean, yes. we went into last year, there were a lot of questions. You had lost, at that point, Kwame Lasseter, who was by far your number one receiver. And, you know, there weren't a ton of guys that stepped up in the 2021 season. And it was like, okay, who's going to step up this year? Do they have enough guys? Do they have enough depth? They answered all those questions resoundingly, that they yeah. had enough dudes in this roster on this team they finished number three in the country on pro football focus in receiving grade one of the teams in front of them was ohio state with marvin harrison and all those you know first round receivers and, and just absolute dudes that they have on the roster just how good is this unit is this legitimately one of the best receiver units in the conference in the country yeah, yeah i mean the
4: the narrative around this of around this position group has done a complete 180 from where it was last year at this time right last year at this time we, I mean, we talked about it quite a bit. This, was, this unit was probably viewed as the weakest unit, not just on the offense, but on the whole team, potentially. Or the unit where you were the most concerned about what that production was going to be. And then they just went out, and what did they do? They just balled out all year. Uh, Quentin Skinner had a great impact in the deep game. Lawrence Arnold emerged as a great player who could make tough contested catches and, and great plays. And then Luke Grimm was kind of just a jack of all trades type guy. He, you know, what game was it? He had a great over the shoulder catch for a touchdown, I believe. In uh, I think it was the TCU game, actually, maybe. Uh, so you know, just just completely blew expectations out of the water for this for this group. And they and and what what most impressed me is it wasn't like they just came out and did that early in the season and then they kind of faded. No, they were great. From game one all the way through the bowl game against Arkansas, they were fantastic in every game. You can in every game you can point and say, "Wow, that was a great play by Lawrence Arnold, by Luke Graham, by Quentin Skinner, by you know whoever." Uh, and that's what most impressed me is that they they came out the gates, they were very impressive, and that continued throughout the entire season. So I don't think you can speak highly enough of what this group did last season. And you're right. Now the question is, now the question kind of becomes was last season a bit fluky? Was Is there going to be some sort of regression this season, or can these guys continue to, to step, take those steps forward and be potentially even better? Uh, I think that's definitely the biggest question. And, you know, even if it is a, like a slight regression or whatever, I think it's you still feel really, really good about it, right, considering where these three guys are, specifically that your, your top three guys. So, you know, this is a, a big season for these wide receivers, and I think, uh, you know, I don't know if maybe they caught some teams sleeping on them last season. That's probably not going to be ca- the, the case this season. I think opposing defenses are going to realize, hey, these are some pretty good receivers. That if we don't come up with a good scheme to stop them, Jalen Daniels is going to pick us apart with these really, really talented receivers that he has. So that's the biggest question: is what is this? What are I mean, what are the expectations? I guess for this for this group after last season and. Can they take another step forward, or is it going to be more of the same? Which would be fine. Which would be great. I think for KU, even if that is the case, uh, I or or is there going to be some sort of regression a little bit? So how was? I, and I don't fluky fluke is not really the right word. I don't think. But you know, was last season a bit of a of a sort of a peak? And is there going to be any sort of regression, or what that's going to look like this season? I feel like
3: that's which, that's going to be the biggest question. It's right? just there were there were so many like contested balls that they won is that something that they're just great at is that repeatable I I don't know either way though you feel great about this this group yeah I I think the one I mean you feel way better about them this season yes the the one big question I have is is there enough yard after catch from this receiver group right like I mean there were a lot of plays where there there was yard after catch because it was a great play design or because Jalen Daniels you know set it up in into a great way or, or something um but a lot of the yard after catch you think of, like, the big ones are just the, like, oh, it was a trick play and, you know, Tory Lachlan or Jared Casey was wide open and, yeah. you know, they had all, all sorts of time to run. Do they have enough guys that – because – the hardest thing to do is consistently like can you can you make a catch in the flat or something yes. and make a guy miss yeah. and get
4: 6 7 extra yards?
3: And I guess does it matter if you make a contested catch for 40 yards versus catching a slant and running for 40 yards like either way it's it's the same thing? All yards matter. But it certainly opens things up if you have more guys that can do just that. So so how much does the you know re-entrance basically of of Trevor Wilson and you know whatever Tanaka Scott and, and some of these guys how can that affect things do you know, guys that they have on the roster, do they add that to their game a little bit? Um, and then I, I guess the final question I kind of have here: Will one receiver emerge as a like all-conference player, as an NFL draft pick type, as a a thousand-yard receiver type, uh, which KU hasn't had since Desmond Briscoe and and Kerry Meyer? And I guess yeah. the the follow-up to that would be: Do they need someone to do that?
4: Yeah. Well, and I think the other question would be: You look at the top three guys that we just talked about. Those are all really, really solid guys, really, really solid players, but is right now, today, can you say, oh, it's third down and nine, we need to get a completion, Luke Grimm's our go-to guy, Lawrence Arnold's our go-to guy, like, I, I think that's a, maybe a better way to phrase this question is, will one of these guys become the go-to guy, like the guy on a critical play, who are you going to throw it to, this is the guy. Now listen, that's not to say that it's that it's a bad thing to have multiple guys that can do that, but... I feel like if you're gonna be any an upper tier or echelon wide receiver group as a whole, you kind of need that one guy, right? That one guy that's like the go-to player uh, when you need a big play. And so the question is, does do one of these guys become that? You know, does does Lawrence Odel become that? Does Luke Grimm become that? Does Quentin Skinner or even like a Trevor Wilson Tanaka Scott? Does somebody become that sort of uh that sort of option for Jalen Daniels where he knows on third down and long, third down and medium. We're going to run this play, and I know this guy's going to beat his man. I know this guy's going to get open, and I'm going to get him the ball. Does does somebody emerge as that? Because I think when you look at it right now, you've got really, really solid depth and really, really solid players across the board. But if you're going to be in the discussion, I think, as a top wide receiver group in the conference, as one of the better wide receiver groups in the country, I think you need that one guy who's sort of your X-Factor type player, who is your go-to type receiver, and does is is somebody going to emerge as that? Because I think it's great if you have a, you know, four receivers, four or five receivers who are all solid receivers and, and really good receivers. But again, I, I think if you're gonna become the discussion of, hey, this is maybe the best receiving core in the conference or this is one of the best receiving cores in you know, in power five, you need one guy. You need one guy who is sort of that okay, it's a big down, it's a big play, it's in the fourth quarter, this is the dude that's gonna make that play. And I'm not saying that nobody I'm not saying that KU doesn't have that right now, or I am not saying that they can't get that, but which which guy is it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be one guy that's gonna step up or how's that gonna shake out? Because I think if you have that, on top of the of how solid everybody else is, and on top of the consistency you've had from last season, if you do have that Lawrence Arnold or that Luke Grimm elevate to that level of receiver, then all of a sudden, okay, yes, maybe you are a top two, top three receiving core in the conference.
3: Yes. Um, I don't necessarily think they have to have it to be good. But to your no, point, no, you're right. They I don't, think they don't have to have it. That's to be what takes good. it to the next level. Exactly. Right? Yes. That's that. Yeah. If 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 that
4: doesn't if that doesn't necessarily happen, and you just got you know four guys that are really really solid options, and all are you know forty fifty catches, and all have you know however many x number five six hundred yards, that's great, and that's that's that's. I don't think anybody would complain about that. But if you want to be in the discussion of being a wide receiver group that is top two or three in the conference. I think you do need one guy that's kind of elevated above the rest as your go-to option in order to be in that discussion.
3: Yeah, and I continue to kind of circle Lawrence Arnold as possibly being that guy. So the final thing here: confidence, skill, better, worse, or the same than last year. I think.
4: I mean, I think you have to be better, right? You have to. Be, you have to feel a lot better. I mean, compared compared to this time last <laughs> year, close, obviously yeah. way, way better. Now, the only thing is, again, uh, is there any concern about a possibility of maybe a slight regression or some regression of the mean a little bit? Sure, maybe, but all these guys are a year older. Jalen Daniels is a year older. They've had now all this time to build that chemistry with Jalen Daniels. I don't see any reason why you couldn't think, potentially that the sky is the limit for this wide receiver room in terms of what we're used the production we're used to seeing out of the KU receivers which admittedly has not been great. But now you've got a really really elite quarterback, offensive player of the year level quarterback paired with this group of receivers, your confidence levels got to be pretty high.
3: Yes. Um I th- I think you feel very good. I would say better as well. I could hear an argument for the same, but you definitely can't argue that it's worse. No. Not at all. We'll do the tight end group uh, coming up, I think, on tomorrow's show of RCST. Coming up later this hour, we're going to talk with uh, the Desert Edge 3 here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. That is the three commits in the class of 2024 from Desert Edge High School in Arizona with Deshaun Warner, Andre Gibson, Jonathan Kamara. Kevin Flaherty will join us later in the 4 o'clock hour as well. We'll be back after this timeout. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on fm 101.7, 1320 KLWN, KLWN klwn.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Welcome back into to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. And uh, we've got three special guests joining us here on the show. Looking forward to this one. We've got the uh, Desert Edge 3, as, as people have been kind of referring to them as Deshaun Warner. Andre Gibson, Jonathan Kamara, three of the commits in the class of 2024 for the KU football team, which has been an awesome recruiting class so far, maybe the best that that we've seen since the 24-7 sports era. And these three guys are a big reason why. Uh, I want to start with you, Deshaun. Uh, What got you to decide to pick KU? What was the biggest thing uh, that went the Jayhawks way in, in why you wanted to come to
5: Lawrence? So I feel like going into the process, um, the things that I looked for mainly in the school was the family feel, um, being prioritized by the coaches and the fit in the scheme. And I feel like hey, you knocked all three of those things out of the park. Which the scheme, they, they're going to let me get after the pass rusher. Um, the prioritized part, you know, coaches were on me heavy ever since they offered me, even before they offered me, they are on me heavy, showing me that I'm a priority. And in the family part, I feel like I have three brothers or two brothers going there and that breaks that you know that breaks the charts the family part and the coaches they've become more than coaches to me uh, throughout this process they became family you know so those three themes right there those are probably the most important things that were that were most important to me and they broke the meter with them uh,
3: Jonathan I can't remember if it was you or Andre who committed first but but same question for you what made you want to come to KU
2: uh, just the family atmosphere and their, like, plan for me and, like, how they, like, see me and envision me and the scheme fit and how, like, everything they were saying, like, correlated and how everyone was on the same page and, yeah.
3: And Andre, same question for you. Uh, What made you want to pick the
0: Jayhawks? Um, same thing, family environment, uh, the coaches, they, they, You know they prioritized me and it was it was i it was a direct thing you know you know my mom we asked the same question to every every college that we went to to visit it was is this real is this committable like what's what's the plan and there was no no hesitation in in the answer it was quick it was we have the plan we we're we're happy about you coming here it was call text all the time like what's up how you doing how you doing today like it, it was it was really really a family thing like and um that made me want to jump on board
3: first we've talked to some other recruits and you know it's always funny and and this is for me too like i'm i'm from southern california i come out to lawrence and you don't totally know what to expect when you're coming to kansas because you might think of maybe more western kansas where it's more of the plains and the farmland and stuff and then you come out to lawrence and you you see that it's actually like this college town and city uh i guess Deshaun, starting with you here uh what were kind of your thoughts before coming to Lawrence versus visiting and, and your thoughts on, on visiting the city?
5: Um, so before going out to Lawrence, um, Drane John John actually got to, uh, see it before me. So I was just going off based off what I was hearing, you know, I heard, I heard great things, but I wasn't really expecting a lot. I was expecting, you know, a flat, a flat town, uh, with not a lot of things to do. But then when I went out there, it was totally opposite, um, blew my mind away. There's a lot of things to do. You know, I feel like you can never get bored in a town like that, especially going to the University of Kansas. Um, true college town, it's a beautiful place. I can't wait to get out there.
3: Jonathan, did you have a favorite thing about your visit to Lawrence?
2: Um, My favorite thing was just like meeting everybody. But going in, I didn't really have expectation, but after like, I left, like I really enjoyed it. And yeah, somewhere I can envision myself.
3: Andre, was there a best spot that you got taken to go eat food somewhere uh, in Lawrence or, or a favorite thing about your visit?
0: Um, It wasn't a favorite place. Everything was good. Everything is definitely like way fresher than Arizona. Like the food like tastes way fresher. Um, and my favorite part about a visit, it was just being in a college town. Like when I went on my unofficial visit, uh, there was a there. They had a basketball game, and me and my mom were at one of the hotels near a QT. And we walked to we walked to the QT, and we were there. And it was like so many people in Ku gear, like just chanting Ku. Like it was really like a good experience, like for my first time ever being there. The environment, in the atmosphere was crazy. Like it was just people there, all chanting Ku. Uh,
3: Jordan Peterson, I think, has has you know weighed in to some level on, on recruiting all you guys. Um, Andre, I'll start with you because you're specifically going into a position group that you know he he takes part in coaching. Uh, what is what is Coach Peterson like?
0: Coach Peterson, um, my guy. He's a funny guy. Actually, <laughs> he's a great guy. He's a family guy. You know, he. I just it's not really too much to say because it's like. Yeah, he he all the boxes and what I wanted in a coach, you know. And that's the reason why I'm going, to, that's one of the reasons why I'm really going to KU is because he gave me the the feeling that Dasher gives me when I first came in. So, my man just checks all the boxes.
3: Jonathan, uh what'd you think about some of the coaches on on your visit to KU and uh, uh I guess who who have, what coaches did you most interact with uh, as a part of your recruiting process so far?
2: Um, I enjoyed being around all the coaches. They were consistent. Um, the coaches I interacted the most with so far uh, were Coach Simpson and Coach Peterson. But I, when I got down there, I met, like, the co- the offensive coaching staff, the special team, like, coaches. Everyone was, like, like, consistent in their message and, like, their view on the program. And, yeah, it all correlated with what Coach Lightpool was saying.
3: And Deshaun for you I, I think Jordan Peterson was was in on your recruitment as well I believe right um uh Taiwo Onotolu as as well uh uh what do you think of the coaches that were uh recruiting you and and what they bring to the table at KU Yeah
5: uh the coaches they're uh, they're amazing um I feel like I have a really good, great relationship with all the coaches uh I feel like our relationship is built off honesty trust and they've always been honest with me uh tell me what I need to work on tell me what I do well um they I feel like I could trust them you know I feel like I put I feel like they're gonna put me in the best spot to get me to the next level after college you know for life um I feel like the closest the coaches that are closer like the closest with coach Peterson of course with him recruiting our area coming down here um coach O, you know that's my position coach uh coach Borland you know so coaches over there are great um that's definitely one of the main reasons I chose to go to all right
3: uh, Back to you Andre um, I'm, I'm going to ask some fun questions about you three Specifically so I'll, I'll kind of go okay. through Andre which of you three is the funniest
0: John 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 is definitely the funniest
3: Okay uh, Jonathan Which of you three is the best singer
2: I don't know probably
0: Dre <laughs> <laughs> Yeah At least he knows I'm the best singer Okay
3: Okay uh, uh, Deshaun, who who's the best at video games of the group?
5: Bro, why do you have to ask that question? Definitely. definitely no. That's definitely me no, <laughs> uh, is that, that is a look, lot we we're playing.
0: We we're that's, playing Madden. It's definitely it's definitely John John. It goes John, John Dre's John, John, and DJ. DJ's a popular
5: girl. We were just playing Madden. We were just playing Madden the other day, actually, and I was beating John John. No,
2: you bro, you're not telling the whole story, bro. Yeah, t- <laughs> well, what's the other side to this story, Jonathan? well it was in the first quarter we had to leave and i was <laughs> winning. and i was winning all right well uh well uh, i'm sure
3: you guys will have plenty more of those competitions this summer and then next year in uh you know some of the dorm room areas yeah. and stuff with ku uh okay back to you andre which of you three is the fastest
0: the fat me definitely okay okay John john thinks wait before we can get into this topic John john <laughs> thinks that he's gonna beat me this year but it's not gonna
3: happen. All right, Jonathan. I right uh, the, who's the strongest? Oh, me. Okay. And then uh, Deshaun. Uh, which of you three uh, do you think would would do best if they had to be in a rap battle?
5: Me. I yeah, already yeah, rap battle both
3: of. Them. Yeah. Do <laughs> okay. Um, do do you? I'll ask you, each one of you this. So I'll go back to you, Andre, and then we'll circle through again. What is your favorite? Memory so far from your football career. There can be a a favorite play, a favorite moment, or just whatever. Yeah.
0: Um, I think, like, just all high school. I think it was my sophomore or freshman year when we let one of our our linemen run the ball twice and he got a touchdown. I think it was Samari. It was definitely like. That's my in-play. Now, we have so many memories outside of, like, football, like, being together. So, but that was, like, my favorite memory in in a play, like, in a game room.
3: Okay. Jonathan, do you have a favorite play or, or memory or, I don't know, just hanging out with, with your teammates here or just something that comes to mind when you think back to your uh, your high school career so far?
2: Um, uh, I don't know. One that's going to come been this year. As long as dumb, so. Um, yeah, yeah. Come back to me. I don't know. Okay, I don't remember.
3: you're going to make one this year. That's for sure. And uh, Deshawn, <laughs> what, what about you? Do you have a favorite memory, play moment, something like that?
5: Probably my sophomore year. Um, we we're playing a school called Sunrise Mountain, and there was like less than a minute left, and I'm at defensive end, and they oh, yeah, throw a great. drag. They throw a drag that they've been throwing all game. And I seen it, and I jumped in the air, picked it off, and scored for a game. So that was pretty. That was a big play.
3: That's pretty cool. As a as a you know defensive end type player too, jumping up and and making that play. Uh, okay, last one I got for all you guys. Um, you can answer all three if you want the bonus points. Uh, but if you just want to give me one, that's cool too. Andre, I'll start with you. Uh, favorite either album, TV
0: show, or movie. TV show? My favorite TV show is Power. My favorite movie is... What is my... My favorite movie is... I don't want to pick a typical movie. Um... Alright, right, us look at my favorite album. You know, I'm a Broadway fan. You know, so I gotta go with Soulfly. It's my favorite album. Uh, and my favorite movie... My favorite... Oh, Rise of the Guardians. You know, Christmas movie.
3: There we go. All right, Jonathan, same to you. You can answer <laughs> one. You can answer all three.
2: Uh, my favorite album is probably Ghetto Gospel by Rod Wave. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I think we know what you guys are listening to in the locker room then. Got to be some Rod Wave. unless oh, no. no.
2: No? We don't know. Okay. <laughs> we listen to Young Boy.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, Deshaun, what about you? Favorite album, movie, or TV show or all three?
5: My favorite movie is The Game Plan with uh, Dwayne Johnson. My favorite TV show, probably, uh, I don't know about a TV show. But my favorite and my favorite album is Coach of Luck." by way,
3: Okay, there we go. Another one, three for three right there. Well, guys, I appreciate all you taking some time out of your day. Uh, we're looking forward to when you guys get to KU. But, but have a great uh, season upcoming in your senior year. Enjoy things out there at Desert Edge, man. Thank you, guys, all three of you.
0: Appreciate, Appreciate it. you.
3: Appreciate it. That was Deshaun Warner, Andre Gibson, and Jonathan Kamara. And you heard some of the names. Uh, Deshaun, it seems like, goes by DJ. But I, I never know if if I, you know, I, I address him by the formal names. Um, I think Andre goes by Dre, and then you heard them calling Jonathan John John. So uh, cool guys to get to know. I think all three of those guys going to have really successful KU football, college football careers. Um, when you look at it too, adding to the deal, like all of them, not just being high school teammates, but all of them playing defense. And when you think about what's been kind of the conversation of the projection, where they're going to play when they arrive in Lawrence that, uh, you know, with, with Deshaun, he'll be on the edge with Jonathan Kamara. He'll be at the linebacker, probably in that like Hawk role that we've seen kind of Craig Young star in Andre Gibson in the secondary that you're going to have a different level of defense from all three guys. And I, I, there's just something really cool about that.
4: Yeah, and there's also just something really, really cool about the camaraderie that they already yeah. have, right? They're clearly already really, really good friends and then carrying that on to, to the college level. There's there's just something cool about that, you know, playing with your friends and continuing that on with your friends. So uh, it was really, really awesome to see. Those guys clearly have great chemistry and I think it's just, that was just so cool to see that and, and uh, great to hear from all of them as well.
3: Yeah, and I think all three, like really fun personalities that you kind of heard from, like yeah. uh, very expressive and talkative, which is a good thing. And, you know, honestly, like, that's the type of guys that, that make a lot of NIL money. I know that's probably not like the main focus and stuff, but um, I think all those guys will do well with a uh, productive career at KU with some of that stuff as well. Uh, so we really enjoyed talking to them. That was cool getting to catch up to all three at the same time and kind of, you know, hearing you. Uh, the, the best parts were, were them kind of like talking amongst each other with the video game, like who's <laughs> the best at that, right? Yeah, clearly there is still some... They
4: need to figure that one out (laughs) a little bit. For sure. (laughs) That one's still up in the air. For sure.
3: All right, that, uh, again, was the three of the commits for KU in the class of 2024, all from Desert Edge High School in Arizona with Deshaun Warner, uh, Andre Gibson, and Jonathan Kamara joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks to the three of them for joining the show. Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports is going to hop on with us coming up at the end of the 4 o'clock hour. We're also going to get, coming up next, a top 10 list. I have a top 10 list of people who try to rip you off. Mm. I'm excited for this one. Should be an interesting list. (laughs) Coming up next, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com and the KLWN app. Depend on it. This is the 4 o'clock hour here on RCST. Coming up next, we'll uh, open registration for RCST Football Trivia. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson on KLWN. Kevin Flaherty also joins us later this hour. Before we get to any of that, though, uh, I have a top 10 list of people who try to rip you off. Um, So, this can be the generic version of the word people. Uh, It can also be more of an entity than it is like an actual person, if that makes sense. But sometimes I I don't know what you mean by that. Sometimes the entities are made up of people, like a company, basically. You know what I'm Um, saying? Oh, okay, okay. Right? Okay. So, uh, some of these are generic, right? Um, sure, yeah. Okay. I will start I with the honorable mentions. All right, okay, okay. Okay? The honorable mentions, cell phone providers. <laughs> okay, cell phone providers. That's okay. a good one. Okay, right? It feels like whenever you're trying to get to, like, oh, my, my cell phone's not working, I got to go to the, the cell phone store and get them to work on it, and then they're like, well, did you know we can get you this better phone? It's going to only cost you $200 more and will upgrade your service for an extra $5 oh, that is a true. month. Dude, the ads are always like, free phone upgrade Yeah, with $200 yeah. service charge. Mm-hmm. So it's not a free phone upgrade. No, it never is. Never no. is. Okay, that's a good one. So That's honorable mention. Also honorable mention, I could not get yours on there. Certain athletes. You wanted me to put Kenny Galladay on there, <laughs> who's <laughs> been ripping put, off the Giants.
4: put Kenny Galladay on there because I thought it was funny. But yeah, okay. certain athletes, yeah. Yes. All
3: right, into All number right. 10. Number 10. Top 10 people who try to rip you off. Little kids at lemonade stands. What? Uh, everybody thinks they're so cute. Dude. Selling lemonade. This is how you start the list? Um, I'm sorry, how much did it cost you to make that entire pitcher of lemonade? Bro. Like a buck 50? little now kids. Now you're selling me a little Dixie cup for $5? They're little kids. Rip off. Wow. I cannot believe you put them on the list.
4: That's ridiculous
3: children uh they are I'm literally sorry? kids why don't you make it a little more affordable for the masses dude what do you mean i'm paying it's like a hot day a ten thousand percent upgrade a, on what it should it's charge a hot
4: day you're outside doing some yard work who's there to serve you oh that's right
3: nobody except for the kid with the lemonade stand all i gotta do go They're to the doing store an impeccable service and it's gonna cost me way less I, this is an outrage I can't, I'm, I'm you, I can't believe I'm going to spend more you on little kids one like little Dixie cup than I would on, on one pitcher. Unbelievable. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, you're about to have a baby, so when nobody comes price to buy gougy. lemonade
4: it from is your cake's lemonade it stand, is. I better not hear you complaining it's about it. It's disgusting. I better not hear be you complaining honest. about it.
3: Number nine. Street vendors. So, like, have you ever been... Um, in a situation where there's just, like, street vendors trying to sell you stuff. Um, uh, not really, no. Okay. It's a, it happens a lot in, like, I, know I don't it's know, like downtown big cities, thing. big yeah. cities, or, like, uh, sometimes in other... Which, I mean, I went to New York, but I didn't... I don't remember there yeah. being any, like, street Sometimes vendors. it happens in, like, beach areas. I don't like the, I don't Like, like those people things. will walk by and they're, yeah. Uh, they'll try to sell you, like, necklaces and stuff like that. Street vendors, they can sell you anything, Oh, okay, right? yeah.
4: Okay, yeah. So, this um, is basically, like, uh, you know... They're trying to sell you like some arts and crafts, yeah, type like stuff a hat. that took them like five minutes to make yes. for like fifty bucks. Yes, correct. Dude, this type of stuff that my mom
3: just eats up. Yeah, my mom just buys this stuff like left and right. Well, in the art of this, you have to haggle with them. You have to get the price down. No, see, my nothing, mom just buys it instantly. Nothing was more indicative of, of how this can lead to ripoffs than I was. Uh, I was on a cruise with some friends one time, and part of the cruise you get dropped off in Mexico City. Or it wasn't Mexico City. It was uh, Tijuana. Uh, no, maybe not Tijuana. I don't know. Somewhere in Mexico. Dude, how do you not remember where you went for a cruise? I honestly don't remember. Uh, it was somewhere <laughs> in Mexico. We get dropped off, and you know there were some street vendors that were selling some like uh, sombreros, and they were they were like NFL themed sombreros. Dude, that's sick. And one of my friends was like an Eagles fan. Another one of my friends was a Cowboys fan. Yeah. And the Eagles fan went and talked to the guy, and you know he got. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. It was, Fifty pesos, whatever. I, I don't know, something like that. Oh, that's that you like, had to pay. Dude, that's like two dollars. Well, and it was. It, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was. It was more than that. Whatever it was. I'm just throwing out numbers. Um, and originally they were wanting like a hundred, and it was fifty. Or again, these are just made up numbers for the sake of the story. Okay. My other friend, who's a Cowboys fan, goes back later and haggles them down to twenty pesos or, or whatever it was. Right. Wow. So it was like way cheaper than so the he other. He did guy. a better job of haggling the other. But this than the is a perfect guy. example. These are not just set prices of like, hey, this is a good price. These are just what do you think we can rip someone off with? And if they haggle us down, we'll go to a certain level.
4: No, it's more of a what's more affordable for different people. Okay. That's
3: number number nine. Number eight is uh, kind of a different version of street vendors. It's scalpers. Those are the ticket salesmen of street vendors. Yeah, these guys rip you off. Scalpers try to rip you off. Honestly, I have I have found that scalpers will try to rip you off more in buying your ticket back than they will actually selling the ticket like, I've actually what do you mean? well I've actually found it to be there are certain times where I've actually gotten a better deal from a scalper than a ticket site okay and part of it is you play a little hardball I've had times before where like I've had you know maybe you have a couple hundred bucks on you but you put it out and put it in your pocket and then when they go oh no that's that's way too like you, you set your price. You're like, I can only pay $100 for these two tickets combined. And they're like, no, this is definitely worth $200. And then you literally open your wallet and you hide your other money and you go, no, look, I literally only have $100. And they're like, ah, fine, I'll do it. That's one trick that I've done before that is a good workaround. Wow. But Wow. So you're the one ripping them off. I guess so. Dude used to be on the list. I guess. I'm on the list here. Um, but no, I think if you've ever noticed, like if you've ever been in a situation where you're like trying to just sell a ticket, like you have an extra ticket, you will get nothing from the scalpers for it. <laughs> but you're like, ah, oh, what else am I gonna do with it? You know? <laughs> so scalpers in at number eight. Number seven. Number seven is sports owners. Sports owners, especially like, like, like team owners. Yeah, team owners, okay. um in like well, baseball. I don't, I, mean, I don't know if they try to rip you off so much as they're just greedy. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But here's my counter to that. So I first think, of all, okay, you
4: could say like the Oakland Athletics owner is ripping you off. Yes, they're, they're like, like, screw you. We're not spending I'm not any spending money any on the money, team, but I'm going to force you to pay X dollars for your tickets. Correct.
3: Tickets aren't going to be five dollars. Well, maybe they are for Oakland. They might be. I mean, dude, you can get some Royals nosebleed tickets. Here's for the real like rip off. Six me. Bucks. Here's the real rip off to me. Maybe this isn't even the team owner. Maybe this is like somebody who runs the teams. Why do like sodas cost like ten dollars at a sporting event? Why because they do... know that when you're in the stadium,
4: you have no other option. Yeah. So they can control however much ripoff. they want to
3: charge you. And that's a rip-off. I don't think it's I, but that's not always the sports owners. I don't think. Well, whoever it is that's setting on those the, prices on that the makes list. me have to spend fifteen dollars for a hamburger. Yeah, you're on the list, buddy. Ripping us off. Number six. Sixth on the list is ticket Sites. Ticket sites are a bigger rip-off than scalpers. This is not top 10 people to rip you off. This is just top 10 people you have a gripe with, it seems like. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know, man. I think they do rip you off. Think about it. How many times have you been on a ticket site? And it doesn't matter which ticket site. They all do it. And you're like, oh, cool, I can get into this game for $70 a ticket. And then you, you... plug in your tickets you go to check out and, and it's instead like, of it yeah. being 140 for two tickets no. it's like 300 this, yeah this is just a
4: I, I would go beyond ticket sites this is just a general theme of like <laughs> buying stuff online yeah where they'll be like oh the little, little price Here's is this dollars. yeah plus prices and fees and we have ticket fees. fees are like 50
3: bucks we have convenience fees exactly. We have shipping and handling Dude, fees no. even though okay. it's a digital you wanna, download you don't want to
4: get me started on this i went to a royals game recently there was a delivery fee to deliver them to my email. Yes. Explain <laughs> that. You're delivering it to my email and there's a, there's a fee for that? There's a fee
3: See? to press the button to say go yes. to email. This you're not a delivering one. you're not delivering anything. Okay. It's going to my email. Why is there a delivery fee? So if anything you should Oh, dude, that's higher. Sir, that ticked me off. That's man. what I'm saying. That is a ripoff. Delivery rip fee for my email? That's a ripoff. It's just them charging you more money. Yeah. Yeah. Ticket sites in at number six. Number five. Number five. This one's pretty uh, generic, but also self explanatory. The government. <laughs> Everybody can get on board with being like, ah, oh, government trying to rip me <laughs> off, right? Doesn't matter which way you lean. You can, There are certain times you're. whether it's like taxes or other things. I don't know, man. Um, you know, some no, people fair. are like raise the minimum wage. Other people are like taxes, right? Everybody thinks the government is trying to rip them off in some way or another. It's just different levels of how much. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you're getting, you know, but that's like just, even, but again, this is back to this is. I think this is just you griping. It, it sort of is, but isn't that all the same thing? Like, I guess. Even where it's like, like there are certain times where it's like, well, at least my tax money went to fixing the road, but then you go out on the road and you run over a pothole, and you're like, well, what's going on here, right? Um, So yeah, the government in at number five. Number four. Number four, people who try to rip you off food delivery apps.
4: Ah, see, I actually, listen, I don't have a single food delivery app on my phone. I never do food delivery. You just go
3: pick it up? I just go pick it up.
4: Saves a lot of money. Here's the deal. Not only does it save you money- But also, when you order food to be delivered on the app, it takes like forty minutes to get there. And for me, I am hungry hungry. when I'm hungry I'm gonna get the food. So I'd rather drive my happy ass over to the to the to the food place, get the food, drive home and eat it. But you've you've never I can drive to
3: McDonald's, drive home and eat it. Before you could order it and have it delivered, you've never been in a situation though where it's like I really don't want to leave the house. No, I, it doesn't no? matter. I'll okay. just
4: I'll go do it anyways. More well, power to you. Because the only, the, problem, the only time I'll ever have food delivered is if I've been drinking it all and
3: I am unable to drive. That's good. Uh, the food delivery apps is kind of in line with because the they size. double. Yes, yeah. they double the price. They're random fees. Which, listen, I get it
4: though. The you need delivery drivers deserve to be paid.
3: No, I okay? agree I that understand. the delivery drivers deserve to be paid. And you should tip them, all that sort of stuff. But here's the problem. It's when you order on the delivery app and it's $13 for whatever meal you ordered, and then it comes out as $30 with everything because you're paying just some random site fee or some delivery app fee. Well, I would hope that that goes to
4: the driver. I don't know, I guess. Mm. See, I'm more okay with that for paying delivery
3: fees. It's the delivery saying, fee there's a lot for there. the Royals tickets to my email that I have a serious, okay. serious problem with. That's good. Uh, Brian Rainey just reached out to us on Twitter. He said, I hope uh, Disneyland, or just like Walt Disney, is on your list of people who try to rip you off. I, uh, full disclosure, I did not have them on there. That was an oversight by me. Brian, shout out to you. Walt Disney. I, well, I've never been to Disneyland. But it's it's everything. Disneyland is so expensive. D- tickets to Disneyland are like $200.
4: Okay. That's not that bad, I don't think.
3: That's a lot not if it's getting, like, a whole day thing. I don't know. Is that a lot? I don't know. i know so, uh Where I grew up, they had a Six Flags Six Flags, Ma- Six Flags Magic Mountain, which is, like, one of the best Six Flags in the country. It has, like, one of the most rides, all this sort of stuff. Yes. For a season pass, it was, like, $40. For really? a season pass. So, like, the whole summer you could just go yes. anytime you wanted? Yes. Wow. Disneyland is, like, $200. Everything there is expensive. Also, Disney technically that's, owns, that's like... That's where
4: I figured the expenses for Disneyland would be. Yeah. Like,
3: I figured it would be more expensive for, like... The hotel, the park that stuff's super expensive the, too. You know, yes, in the park, they charge park. you for everything. They charge you for everything. No, I get, the, I get all that. Also, Disney owns like ESPN, which owns ESPN Plus, which is kind of ripping you off with with how much it is. I don't know. Maybe? There's a lot of content on ESPN there Plus, is. though. Uh, but anyway, that but yeah, should be honest, no. I actually not. I considered
4: canceling my ESPN Plus when it went from seven dollars to ten dollars.
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are we on? We're on number we're on, three, I think. I think we're on yeah. three. I'm playing three. Number three. EA Sports. <laughs> it's in the game of ripoffs. EA Sports is the video game company that owns, like, Madden and, I don't know, those other ones, uh, whatever. They just repurpose the same game every year. They don't change everything. They change (laughs) one thing. They change one thing every year, half the time. It's not even changing something. It's just bringing something back that they got rid of from 10 years ago. And then they're like, hey, brand new game. $70. $70. Come on down. Yeah, and honestly, like, I got
4: to be honest with you. I haven't played Madden since, like, Madden 10 because mm. I like I liked Nsa football better so I played NCAA football because the dynasty mode in NCAA football is just the best mode mm-hmm. of any game. Ever. Well
3: and then they like for FIFA and Madden they get you to spend all your money on like their ultimate team stuff yeah. where it's like yeah. oh you gotta See, spend money with really, these players. I just never really got into that
4: and like I don't
3: really I, soccer's fine
4: but I never got into it to like play FIFA. Like I was the guy in FIFA that would just press random buttons and hope to score and normally I did not score
3: yeah, man, EA Sports—they're just trying to rip you off. Number two, that one person in your fantasy league can be fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball, whatever it is. true, Yes, there's always the one person in the league. Sometimes there's multiple who is going to just send you trade offers ad nauseum, and yep. they're all going to be yep. terrible offers. Yep. They're just trying no, to. No, I have them a. Off.
4: There's there's a guy in my league. I won't I won't name names because you know. But there's a guy in my league that th- that's what he does. Yeah, he'll be like he'll come at you for an offer, and he'll be like. He'll send you an offer that's like the worst offer ever created of all time. Mm -hmm. And then he just progressively keeps sending you worse or like slightly better offers, even though they're all still terrible. Yeah. And then you just get so like annoyed. You're just like, dude, I don't care anymore. And you just end up accepting one of the really, really terrible offers because he just
3: keeps sending them to you. And that's the worst part because you're like enabling. You know you're getting messed.
4: It just takes them getting one
3: trade. I literally refuse
4: to trade with him. Yeah, I was like last time I saw him, I was like, I'm never trading
3: with you in fantasy football ever again. Yeah, because I know that no matter what trade we agree to. You're ripping me off. Yeah, and that's, that's the all you do. All it takes is they get one trade accepted over the course of that year with somebody in the league. That's a rip off. That they're getting the better end of the deal, and that's justification for them. Where they're like, "Well, why would I not do this? I keep getting a great deal out of it every year. That helps me like uh, win or, or in some way or another." It's, it's not coming from a good place. It's not coming from a place of like, hey, this trade could help both of us. Exactly. Like, you need yes. a running back. I need a receiver. Boom. Yes. Let's make it like work. That, it's like, I try I yeah. to
4: approach fantasy trading that way a little bit. Like,
3: oh, okay. You know, how can I make it to where we still at least kind of both benefit from yes. this? So that it's not just, you know. It's like, here, let me trade you my two worst players who I'm about to drop. And if you yes. don't accept the deal, I might drop one of them for your best player. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that didn't work. Weird. Yeah. Number one. Number one on the list is... Insurance companies <laughs> try to rip you off all the dude.
1: I, no, I don't yeah, understand. No, yeah. We
3: pay so much for insurance, well, and what do and they then, do? And then you what end up do? going to the dentist or the doctor, or I don't know, some some sort of like thing pops up. You need like your home insurance or whatever, and you're like, oh well, now I have to pay this gigantic deductible. Or then it's like, oh well, we're not actually going to cover that. It's like, well, dude, why, why, yeah, you're telling what, me. What is the purpose of this, dude? Okay,
4: listen. I, I here's the deal. I had to get a tooth implant a couple of years ago. Insurance paid for it fine. I have to get a second one. The second one, they're like, no, no, we're not paying for that one. It's like, you paid for the first one. They're like, this, I swear to God, this is what happened. They're like, no, we didn't. It's like, what do you mean no, oh, you didn't? Yes, you did. I have the proof right here. They're like, no, we, we didn't do that. We're not doing this one. I don't understand. What is your purpose?
3: Why are you? Why do you exist? It's ridiculous. No. Yeah, seriously. You. I mean- the, the amount of times where, like, somebody will go to the doctor's office and I it's just like, oh, sorry, anymore, we're not though. covering that surgery. It wasn't required. And it's like, what do you mean it wasn't required? I had, like, a tumor taken out or something. And it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah, man. Yeah, it doesn't. There's no rhyme or reason to any of it. Uh,
4: that's a fine number one. It started bad. I was a little shocked that you had <laughs> little kids on the list. I mean, that's pretty messed up. Little kids, really? You're gonna go after the little you the children?
3: You know why? That's ridiculous. Well, maybe that's the problem. Maybe the reason we have so many things, so many people who are trying to rip you off is because we're teaching kids too young. They're Nobody's, price gouging no, us.
4: No, that's, that's, that little Dixie points. cup
3: of lemonade should be like no, a nickel.
4: It should be called a entrepreneurship. What are we? I mean, what what is your problem? They're they're, they're kids.
3: They're it's the children. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Kevin Flaherty is going to join the show in about 20 minutes. Coming up next, we register RCST Trivia contestants for football. This is KLWN. Depend on it. Kevin Flaherty is going to join the show in less than 15 minutes from right now with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Uh, So we're going to open up registration for RCST Trivia, the football edition here. We already have some registrants who uh, got an auto-bid into trivia for this upcoming season um, okay. from their performance from last year. There's a couple of people I'm still waiting to hear on. So uh, We are going
4: to change that this season, though.
3: Yes. Yeah, this next—yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it'll be a different format anyway. Um, so— if you want to register, if you want to be a part of it, I guess first things first, what is RCST trivia? Well, we've done basketball for four years now. Last year was our first year doing football after you know a lot of pleas and, and people asking us for uh, to do it. So uh, this year we'll be doing football trivia for the second year. And it's a little different than the basketball one. Instead of the basketball one where you have a 64-person bracket and it's single elimination and, you know, yeah. uh missed one question, one is you could pretty, be out. The basketball one's pretty cutthroat. It is the football one, the football one, I I think is harder with the questions, but also you get more leeway in terms of, uh, how, how the matchups are structured. So with the football one, we have a regular season. So it's not just, you lose one game and you're out with the football one. Uh, you're, you're going to have three regular season matchups. And as part of the three regular season matchups, you're going to have two divisional matchups and then a, a non divisional matchup. And, uh, how it's going to work is basically we're going to have eight division winners. We're going to have eight divisions, two on Monday, two on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, two on Thursday. You'll register for what division, what day you'll you'll be able to play uh, every week for the first three weeks. Everybody will win their division, makes it through, gets the playoff. Then we'll have four at-large teams make the playoff. We'll have a 12-team playoff, and you know it'll it'll go from there. The scoring is different too, as opposed to you know in the basketball one, it's like well I ask both people an easy question and then a medium question if they both get it right, and if one person gets it wrong, one person gets it right, it's over. Instead of that, in the football one, you will get your four questions no matter what. You both get an easy question, that's worth three points. You both get a medium question, that's worth six points. You both get a hard question, that's worth seven points. And you both get a really hard question, which is worth eight points. And whoever scores the most points among the competitors over the four quarters of play wins the matchup. If it's tied, we go to our college overtime where somebody goes first, they pick the category. Whoever goes second then gets to the follow-up and try to pick if they want to answer the same category or a harder one to to win. And then we have whoever wins your, your regular season matchups. Uh, total points matter into all this. We come out with weekly top 10 rankings, which are super fun to, to put together for us. Um, so it's a good time. It's a good time, and you, you get to stress your uh, KU football trivia knowledge. We obviously have prizes that we're going to be giving away as a part of this as well. Now, I will say, some of these sponsors, some of the prizes are still coming in, so we're trying to figure out everything that's going to be a part of this. Here's what I know so far are going to be some of the prizes that we're going to be giving out. We're going to have a championship trophy from Jayhawk Trophy. We're going to have some more of the uh, engraved RCST um, tumblers, water bottles from Jayhawk Trophy. We are going to have gift cards from 23rd Street Brewery, and we are also going to have gift cards from Johnny's Tavern. There are a couple other rings in the fire that, that are possibly in the works. I'm trying to get something happening with... Uh, you know, possibly a KU football jersey. We'll see if anything comes from that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to register, we have very limited spots. This isn't basketball where we have 64 spots. We only have 24 spots for our football edition. So, And a lot of them have already been taken by people returning from last year. So if you're interested in joining, what we need you to do, hit us up on our Twitter page, at RCST1320 on Twitter. You have to be following us. Uh, either hit us up, you can either just tweet at us, or you can hit us up with a DM. Let us know your favorite KU football player. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll shoot you a message back and try to get you registered. Um, if you don't have Twitter, that's okay. You can hit us up on our email, rcst1320am at gmail.com. That's rcst1320am at gmail.com. Again, just shoot us an email. Let us know your favorite KU football player. And we'll get back to you, get some more contact info, and then finish the registration, and then you can be a part of it. Um, now, you do have to have availability to to record these things. Um, like I said, we have divisions Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We have two divisions each day, and uh, as part of it, we we typically record these before the show, earlier on in the day. So you have to Usually be able to record lunchtime. Yeah we 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 leave a pretty open. We leave about a three and a half hour window. From before the show for when we record them. So we give a lot of opportunity for people to be able to do just that. So um yeah, man, join. It's it's a ton so, of fun.
4: Yep. Pick your day, whatever day you have the most availability around your lunch hour, pick it. Yeah. And then you'll be locked in for four weeks.
3: Yeah. And I will say, um, so the football one is I would say objectively harder than the basketball one. And I think it's just because In basketball, think about it. Like, you have five starters on the floor at once. Yeah. You have 22 starters, offense and defense, right? And I guess if you want to throw in the kicker and punter, now you're at 24 per year. And you also have even more guys who are coming off the bench and everything. And on top of it, KU football hasn't been as storied as KU basketball. Um, So, like. So you may not have as many, like, memorable moments. If you know just like the names of like guys like June Henley and Tony Sands and stuff, you're going to do pretty well in this event. Uh, But I say this to say, like, I always, when when we're registering for this stuff, when we're registering for trivia, I always say, don't feel like you're going to be embarrassed. Don't yeah. feel like if you join this event and you don't do well, you're going to be embarrassed and you're going to feel sad. Because I'll tell you this. If you ask, I, okay, there is an exception to the rule. Like last year we had the one question where it was asked about like Grady Dick or something. And the answer was the guy answered Joel Embiid <laughs> or something like at that point. But I don't even remember the guy's name, to be completely honest. Yeah, no, yeah. So it's not embarrassing. You're not, you're not going to embarrass yourself. Correct. But that's the thing. Like, understand this, that even if you get zero points in a game, we had that happen multiple times last year. These are hard questions. Like, they're, they're hard. I embarrass, even the myself, are t- I, embarrass,
4: I embarrass myself every day on yes, this show. Yes, so do you I. You can tolerate
3: doing it for once a week. I make dumb predictions every day <laughs> on this show. So don't, if if you're like on the borderline, if you're on the fence about being like, do I want to join? I, I don't want to like embarrass myself. Don't. It's a fun. It's a free event to join. You get to talk KU football. You might yep. get to meet some cool people. I mean, yep. we've had people become friends from this event. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, And best case scenario, you do really well. You win prizes for free, and and you do something fun in the summer.
4: Worst case, you get to have some fun, and you know maybe uh, have some fun
3: over your lunch break. Yes. During the summer when you don't do anything. else. And you get to learn some cool stuff about KU football that maybe you didn't know about. Yep. Right. So. Yep. uh I, I'd highly recommend joining us again uh, at RCST thirteen twenty. Uh, You can either tweet at us, hit us up via DM with your favorite KU football player, or you can hit us up on our email, rcst1320am at gmail.com with your favorite KU football player. Then you'll have to respond to our response to uh, officially get registered. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports is going to talk a little Big 12 football with us on the other side. You're listening on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into RCST on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson, and we're joined now by Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. Uh, Kevin, I, j- I just saw you post this on Twitter, so I actually want to talk about it. Uh, that you mentioned the next George R.R. R. Martin book coming before the next Pac-12 media deal. Uh, at what point do you think, like, if you're Arizona or Colorado or one of these schools or something, I think the whole idea is to wait to see what the media deal actually is before you take off, if you do decide to take off, because it's like, well, why would we leave if it's only a difference of, I don't know, $3 million per year? Like, I don't want to, it's not worth it at that point. Um, But at what point does it just say, screw that, like, this is taking way too long, we're gone, we're leaving?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. I I get wanting to stay in a geographic conference that, you know, you've been in with teams that you're familiar with and, and all of those different things. But at the same time, it, at some point, this kind of has to be Lucy with the football, right? Like, you know, we, somebody posted a picture that the Pac-12 has said, you know, details on this are coming soon. And, Derek, it's double-digit times. <laughs> and, it, and it's double-digit times over the course of like six or eight months or, you know, maybe even longer. And you know, at, at some point, you know when Lucy pulls that football away the first time, you know she's the jerk. <laughs> but when it's getting to the eighth, ninth, or tenth time, I mean that that's the point when you kind of have to you kind of have to be. And, and don't get me wrong; I'm sure the schools are are more informed in terms of what's going on than, than what they're they're all letting out. But at the same time, as this that football just keeps getting pulled away, and yeah, it'll come soon. Checks in the mail, checks in the mail. You, you, you know, you you really have to to start to sit there and say, you know what? If nothing else, we're going to apply a little pressure here, and we're going to talk to the Big Twelve. And if you have the option, maybe we're going to talk to the sec or the big ten or the acc or somebody else and and kind of see if something can get stirred up a a little more quickly here and so i i do think if if i were at colorado or arizona i believe i'd be very wary at this point just because of how many different times this deal has been allegedly imminent and we still don't have it yet
3: yeah just like imagine if You know, if this was a marriage and your wife kept asking you to take out the trash and it had been a year and you (laughs) still hadn't taken out the trash, that probably would not go well. Um, I I do have a fun question for you here. If you had to build a three-meal kind of deal, so breakfast, lunch, dinner, using cities of big 12 schools, so i.e. like for lunch, you can get barbecue in Austin. For dinner, you can get Skyline Chili in Cincinnati or whatever you want to build. Uh, You can give specific places if you want to be like, uh, whatever, Salt Lake in in Austin, or or if you want to say, you know, uh, whatever place, or you can just give generic foods, like I said, like Skyline Chili in Cincinnati, whatever. Um, Build us your breakfast, lunch and dinner, Big 12 dream meal.
1: Well, I gotta be real honest with you. I would not have Skyline dinner, <laughs> Skyline chili for breakfast or lunch because the rest of your day is gone. Like I really hope you're not planning on being upset like outside the rest of that day. That's just not going to work out. You know, honestly I, I think, you know, some of the best breakfast tacos that I've ever had are, are out in West Texas. And so, you know, just being generic with it, I think I would probably start off um, start off out uh out in west texas and lubbock and getting some breakfast tacos i do think i'd go barbecue for lunch and i might get a little more specific here and say either franklin's or interstellar uh for barbecue in austin and I, i'm going to go ahead and, and end up in lawrence because you know as you guys know i am a, a fan of imbibing as well as eating and i i think you know it's it's really nice to to go catch dinner and and a few beers at Free State. And so I, I think that would probably be the way that I would go. I guess that if you want to be creative, you could go to Oklahoma City and, you know, get to Bricktown and you could, you know, you could do some different things there too. And You know, just about anywhere in the Big 12, you can find some awesome places to eat. But if you're asking me what I would do, that's probably how I would play it.
3: Okay, I'd be all for that. I'd be all for that. Uh, So the Big 12 media days were last week. Uh, It it starts to feel, for me, after that happens, it starts to feel like you're like, okay, when when is football season? Are we here yet? Like That's when it starts to get real that it's right around the corner, but also still too far away. Um, When you look around the conference, and... uh, is there a big 12 team like either with, with your cohorts at 24 seven sports or just kind of nationally that you feel like you are higher in the conference than most?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I may be a little higher on Baylor than a lot of people because of kind of the way that Baylor's restarting on the offensive line a little bit. They've got some age on the offensive line. And I think Eric Matias is a really good offensive line coach. And so I tend to believe they'll figure it out. I think defensively, you know, Baylor took such a dip last year. But, you know, a lot of the buzz and a lot of the things you heard out of Waco this spring was that the defense was looking a lot more like a Dave Aranda-type defense. And so I tend to have Baylor, you know, somewhere around that six or so range, you know, because I think they're a team that if things go right, they could be a top five team in the Big 12 this year. I think, you know, they're... Like so much of the conference, you know, they're, they're a team that is maybe in that 4-8 and eight to 8-4 eight and four range, except that I think Baylor maybe has a little bit higher end with like a 9-3 and three possibility. But Baylor would maybe be who I'm a little bit higher on than, than other people that, you know, generally by a few spots maybe.
3: I feel like that's a good one too because uh, of the rotation of having those uh, – it seems like every time they do have one of those five or six win years, like they, they do bounce back with those, you know, nine or 10 win years after that. What about the flip side to this? Uh, is, there, is there a team you feel lower on than maybe the consensus?
1: You know, uh, the new teams are really tough to figure out. And I think, you know, you saw that in, in the standings. Um, Cincinnati was picked 13th. I've had four, Cincinnati 14th in every power ranking that I've done. And I realize that's not a major leap. Uh, but that that's a team that uh, that that's a team that you look at them. They're not only are they dead last in the Big Twelve in returning production. They're like 126th nationally, or something like that. They're also breaking in a new coach, a new quarterback, new conference, and so you know I get that Luke Fickle did a, a really good job, and yet at the same time, you know I, I think Scott Satterfield walked into what could be a very tough situation and so when you look at cincinnati i i may have them a little bit lower than some people houston my understanding is is that like 40 percent of houston's roster isn't newcomers they're guys that arrive this summer Mm. and so when you look at that you know i realize everybody thinks houston's talented and houston is talented you know and, and some of their guys that are getting there late are are guys that you know i'd be pretty excited about to to have on my team if I had a Big 12 team. But at the same time, I I think that's pretty rough. The other one, Derek, is a team that I'm lower on as a team, but I understand why people have them where they're at in the standings is Oklahoma State. You know, last year, the way that that year ended with Oklahoma State going, what, one and five, I think, in the final six games, you know, really (laughs) – they might have been the Big 12's worst team over the final six games or so. You look at, from that point, I think they lost eight or nine starters to the transfer portal, you know. And then, you know, you end up bringing in some other guys. And, you know, you have Alan Bowman, at quarterback, who hasn't really made it through a full season healthy and hasn't played a season in a while. And he's kind of the answer there. But at the same time, I also get that, people look at that schedule and say Oklahoma State has the easiest Big 12 schedule. I understand that part of it, but if Oklahoma State is even at the level that they were at for the second half of last year, they're still going to have trouble with that schedule. And so Oklahoma State might be a team that I might be a little bit lower on than than some people are too.
3: To the point on the schedule, because we've had to talk a lot about it with Kansas because it's the opposite end. Like The schedule is very difficult. But how much should we actually – Take into account the schedule when what you kind of mentioned with Baylor, where it was like uh, maybe they're four and eight, maybe they're nine and three, right? Like there's a lot of teams in the Big Twelve like that to where is it actually possible to have a good read on how difficult teams' schedules are right now if there is going to be such wide variance in a lot of the teams that they're everybody's going to be playing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And at the end of last year, at the end of the regular season, I wrote an article that that you guys have referenced on your show a couple times, where I broke down how every Big 12 team did mm-hmm. in one score games. And, you know, it's not a stretch to say that was what decided the Big 12 last year. You know, TCU went undefeated in one score games during the regular season, and TCU went up reading, reaching the national championship game. Iowa State won one one-score game in non-conference play. They beat Iowa in a one-score game and then lost six one-score games in Big 12 play. Iowa State was in last place. And it's not that we expect Iowa State to flip that and go 6-0 and in close games, but a lot of times, you do see some variance in that year to year. We don't necessarily with with Iowa State as much because Matt Campbell has really struggled in one score games. But generally speaking, I, I think that's why and I, I realize I haven't answered it, but I do think that's why it's really tough to have a good read on it, because I think it's gonna be very similar this year. When you're looking at teams, you know, five, six nine you know 13 in the big 12 there's not as much separation there as maybe a lot of people think and so you could have a team that really isn't that great or or doesn't separate that much but they win a couple close games and, and people wind up having a vastly different opinion of them you look at you know oklahoma last year going six and seven they lost five games by one score or less if oklahoma you know, went four and one in those games and won ten games. We'd be looking at Brent Venables as a totally different coach, and that's quite frankly not that big of a margin. Yeah,
3: yeah, uh, yeah. Iowa State's the one I keep coming back to that I yeah I wonder. Not to say that they're going to win, you know, nine games or something, but with how bad they were in those one score games you mentioned. I feel like they could end up surprising people to the tune of being like a six or seven win team. You know what I mean? And, and I guess and they did
1: that while averaging 3.3 right. yards per carry. So it's like, if you, if you get a running game that, you know, isn't like your running back gets shot every time, right after he takes the handoff, <laughs> you know, maybe you win a few of those games. And so, yeah, it's, It's fascinating because, you know, Iowa State's a team that people are are down on because of that. The flip side of that is Texas Tech won every single one-score game last year. And you look at who's being projected in that top part of the conference, Texas Tech was number four. They picked up four first-place votes, which tied them for third, you know, with Oklahoma for the most... For, or for the third-most first-place votes, if Texas Tech doesn't go undefeated in those one-score games, you know, if they drop to 2-2 two and two, or this year they're 2-3 or something like that, then Texas Tech could have a vastly different season on the other end of that.
3: Yeah, they, and they, they've been one of the, I think, harder teams to figure out, like, are they going to take that next step up or what's going to happen there? Uh, if I told you Texas, Oklahoma, or Kansas State – did not win the Big 12 this year? Who would you predict did in that
1: scenario? You know, I'll be honest with you, it might be Texas okay. Tech. Because I do, think, I do think Texas Tech is taking a step up as a team. And the staff that not a lot of people you know realize or look at or whatever, because it wasn't like his stats were out of this world. Texas Tech was undefeated last year when Tyler Shuck started and played the, played the entire game and i'm not saying that that's all there is but you look at the weapons around him you know Todd Brooks at running back Duran Bradley at wide receiver i think they've got a lot of really good wide receivers around him i think they're physical up front i think defensively they have some really intriguing guys that are going to be able to get after the quarterback and and they're going to be deeper on that side of the ball and so if you're saying hey one of these three teams didn't win it i don't think it's going to be TCU I don't think it's going to be Baylor. I think Texas Tech is probably the best bet there.
3: If you had to highlight a couple in this question, what to you are the most dominant or the best position groups across the conference? So like, i.e., you could pick, I don't know, Kansas quarterbacks or Texas offensive line or whatever it would be. What would be the ones that you
1: would want to highlight? You know, if if I could pick one just off the top of my head, uh, I, I would probably say Texas receivers, maybe, especially if you can include tight end in that. You know, it just it feels like they've got 8 billion targets on that team, right? Like, if Quinn Ewers doesn't break out this year, I feel like it says a lot more about Quinn Ewers than it, it maybe says about, about other things because he, he's got so many targets. I mean, you forget sometimes that Jordan Whittington is back because of all the other guys. You know, when you look at, at Xavier Worthy, you look at Isaiah Nayer being healthy, and a lot of people thought that he was gonna be a breakout guy last year, be a big deep threat, you know, be an eight to eight hundred yard to a thousand yard guy. You get AD Mitchell in from Georgia. You bring in a guy like Jonte Cook, you know, as a as a big time freshman who's got a lot of athleticism. I mean, there there are guys that Texas has in sort of those five, six, maybe even seven spots as wide receivers who would start at multiple Big 12 places. And, and that's before you add in Jatavion Sanders and some of the other guys there. And so I, I think that Texas receiving group, you know, it it may not be the best group in the country. I think you'd probably say Ohio State, right, with Marvin Harrison Jr., with Amico Buka and those guys. But it, it's in that discussion where it would be, you know, right after that. I, I just think that they have a ton of guys to give the ball to. All
3: right. Who is your local prospect of the week?
1: Yeah. Your local prospect of the week for this week is, uh, Desan Brain. He's a, a tight end from Derby. You know, he's six foot five, 230 pounds as a 2025. So he's already, you know, got really good size and he's a really good athlete. At that size he's a guy that we have as a top 10 tight end in the country for that class uh he's he's getting a lot of attention he's got offers from all over the place we actually saw him on uh, friday at mill Valley's seven on seven that's probably the the fifth or sixth time we've seen him over the last 10 months so he's a guy that we're very familiar with um he he really talked up and said Oklahoma and Tennessee and K-State are kind of recruiting him the hardest right now. But KU was one of his first four offers, and he's the kind of tight end that KU really likes in terms of being a guy that really puts a lot of effort and emphasis into blocking. And he's he's really good from that aspect. And he said that he's a guy that's probably going to release the top ten at some point, then cut it to top five if Kansas ramps up its intention there, I I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see KU kind of in play with him. The problem comes, you know, not just in all the offers. I mean, he's got Michigan, he's got Penn state, he's got offers from all over the place, but his father was a linebacker at K state under Bill Snyder. His mom was a women's basketball player, I think under Deb Patterson at K state. And so, There are K-State ties there. One thing that we have seen, though, guys, that I I think is kind of interesting is some of these guys who are legacies are still kind of leaving that door open for Kansas right now. And I'm not saying that they go into it saying, hey, Kansas is going to be my favorite. But I am saying that five years ago, if a recruitment like this was going on, you wouldn't even assume that Kansas would be in it. And I think that with the way things have gone, with the success that they've had, with the publicity that Kansas has gotten, and, and quite frankly with the facilities things that are on the radar and, and all the changes coming, I do think that this is one where the door is at least cracked, if not all the way open, for Kansas to come in and make its pitch. And that's been a, a major difference that we've seen just in the last year or so.
3: Well, certainly one to keep an eye on then. Kevin, I appreciate the time as always, man, and uh, we'll see if you can get to uh, some pappy round three before the Pac-12 has their media deal. (laughs) All
1: right, sounds great. Thanks a lot, guys. All
3: right, that's Kevin Flaherty, 24-7 Sports. Check out all his work. Two hours down, one to go. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour on RCST. Uh, Did you know the year 2023 marks the Dole Institute's 20th anniversary and 100 years since the birth of renowned Kansas veteran legislator and statesman, Senator Bob Dole. The Dole Institute, along with the generous corporate and individual sponsors, are providing a months-long celebration in honor of Senator Dole's legacy. You can visit the Dole Institute now through July 22nd, to watch world-renowned Kansas native artist Stan Hurd create a tribute earthwork of Senator Dole on our grounds. Students from communities across Kansas contributed over a 1,000 pieces of art, which will be sealed onto tiles and incorporated into the final design. Join us for the landmark celebration, specifically on June 22nd of this year. It's They also have a free public events as follows from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, some more details have surfaced about the KU Puerto Rico trip.
4: Why did you, why did you say it like that?
3: That's the proper way to say it, Puerto oh, okay. Rico. Oh, I didn't know. It's going with the, I don't know. I'm not gonna what? just Puerto Rico. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, my thought is like you know, I'm a white dude from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't want, I don't want to try to. I feel like it's worse of me to. Try to say it right and just butcher it, than it is to just say it. You know, you know what I mean. Does that makes sense.
3: Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, KU expects to play one game against a professional Puerto Rican team and two games against the Bahamian national team, so the Bahamas. Hmm. That's gonna really be tough competition. You are playing I mean, literally a professional team. Yes, but that's
4: kind of I think I think that's what KU needs.
3: Oh yeah, no, it doesn't hurt. Uh, and get this, get this quote from uh, Bill Self. Yesterday at, I don't know, these were given to uh, the LJ World. He was at,
4: some kind, he was
3: at Henry Greenstein. There was some
4: kind of NIL Yeah, event. golf event or something uh, so, happening.
3: Yeah. Uh, we've been told that Clay Thompson, Clay's brother, Michael Thompson, Who? DeAndre Ayton, Buddy Healed, Eric Gordon, we've been told that they should at least be there. Now, it's unclear it, whether any of them will play. If you're playing against those boys. <laughs> That would be yes. very interesting. Could you imagine if they play a team of with Clay Thompson, DeAndre Ayton, Buddy Heald, and Eric Gordon and they win? <laughs> undefeated talk starts, right? Maybe. Maybe. But, dude, DeAndre
4: Ayton versus Hunter Dickinson would be interesting. It'd be fun. would be interesting. Clay Thompson
3: versus, I don't know, like Nick Timberlake.
4: Well, you know, DeAndre Ayton was uh, a guy that almost came to KU. So, yeah. you know, it'd probably be nice to. To beat him a little bit,
3: yeah. One of the uh redacted guys in the uh NCAA case that's now in the IARP is DeAndre Ayton, yeah. The AARP, yeah. <laughs> ARP, uh, so actually, I, I like want those guys to play because oh, obviously, yeah, sure. it would be a even I mean, better barometer if, for yeah. if KU plays well,
4: yes. If you're going there, you might as well play the best guys that are there, right? Yeah,
3: 100 agree, but I guess knowing that, they're just get blown out like 140. Yeah. Well, that you're gonna be playing two games against a national team and one against a professional team. It's not necess- – and we don't know how good the professional team is um, necessarily, but it, it, like Kansas could go 0-3 in this, and yeah. it's not an indictment at all on anything. Yeah. So it'll uh, be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like the
4: the win-loss situation from this does not matter at yeah. all. It's more about the team getting a chance to play some games together before the actual season starts, getting a chance to gel a little bit more. And uh, I mentioned yesterday, I mean – It feels like this for this iteration of KU basketball, taking a trip like this is more important than any other time KU has done something like this in the past.
3: Yeah. Uh, No other things that were said about it necessarily. Uh, Self said that sophomore guard Artario Morris will take the trip to Puerto Rico. Morris faces a Class A misdemeanor assault charge after a June 2022 altercation with his ex-girlfriend prior to the start of his freshman year at Texas. Um, As of Monday, Morris is still... Still had a jury trial announcement on the docket set for July 25th and a jury trial set for August 2nd. But, uh, you know, based on the self-comments, sounds like that probably is going to be wrapping up. So back to your yeah. point about... You Either know,
4: resolved or possibly moved yeah. back further. Yeah, knows? so... But exactly. certainly in a situation where KU obviously feels comfortable... Yes. ...continuing to have him on the team.
3: Yeah. I, I think there's a self-quote in there about... Uh, he wasn't suspended at Texas, so why would he be suspended for us? Something like that. Which, like,
4: I mean, that's kind of dumb logic, I think, but I guess it's.
3: I agree with that. But you're it, basically yeah. saying like it makes sense, but it's also well, dumb at the same point in time. Yeah, it makes sense,
4: but it's dumb because it's you're like, basically what, saying you're it's not saying, our fault.
3: Like yeah. they said, he's good, so I'll believe exactly.
4: them. Well, and yeah. also, and also, you know, if you're a KU and you're you talk about having a higher standard, yeah. Well, now you're just basically saying, well, the standard at Texas was good enough. So oh, well, whatever, yeah. whatever, it's good enough for us. So that it, it's the logic there does not make a lot of sense. Correct, correct. Regardless of if it's, I mean, it would it would make more sense of him to just say like, oh, you know, we've done our own research and we think it's fine. But I felt that that comment was a little bit, yeah, weird.
3: Now in regards to uh, possibly trying to add another player, Bill Self said, in a perfect world, if we add, we'd like whoever we add to go. Um. He also added he's currently thinking of his roster in terms of eight or nine available players with Zach Clements still expected to redshirt and one additional potential redshirt in
4: play. So I guess, uh, let's
3: see, of the freshmen probably. So Jamari McDowell? What are the freshmen? I guess, well, be the only Marco's not going to redshirt. Right, so of course you're not going to redshirt on Marco. It's like, what's uh, the point of
4: that? I don't know. Um,
3: are we missing anybody? Does this go back to the Arterio Morris thing? Would Make you redshirt shirts? him if you were worried about some sort of punishment? Uh, yeah, like, I who else would redshirt? I just... I don't know. I don't know who would redshirt, is the question. I don't know. Hunter Dickinson? Make him really good <laughs> for 2024? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Unless, what if he's saying the player we would add in would potentially redshirt? Well, then why add him? Because you could just have another body to cover you in case. But something again, happened. they have a billion. They have a billion walk. No, no, no. But I mean, like in the standpoint of, you have this guy, and if you don't have to deal with injuries over the course of the season, he red shirts. But let's say you do have to deal with an injury at the midway point of the season. You pull an Ochag Baji. You pull the red shirt midway through. Would that be something that would make sense? I don't know. I mean, and I, you get somebody I guess. who's more talented than one of the walk-ons. Sure, maybe fine. that's the way to take it. I have no idea. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, also, he said, uh, getting a new player to come in and get acclimated obviously would be a big bonus going into the fall. That they've already bypassed some steps, but it is not something that's going to make or break us in the summer.
4: Yeah, I definitely agree with that second part. I think I thought that was a pretty level-headed response uh, of saying, "Yeah, I mean." adding or not adding a guy at this stage of the summer is not going to define what your trajectory is if you're KU basketball, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that's that's a good message to have. That's a good way to look at it is you'd like to add a guy probably, but if you don't, that doesn't necessarily totally destroy what you might be in the fall uh, or going into the season. Uh, and I and I, and the more I thought about it, yesterday we had this conversation about the idea of Trying to bring in a guy before you go to Puerto Rico, that doesn't seem like it's impossible at all. So now I guess you just add a guy after. I, I don't know.
3: Mm. Are there any players from Puerto Rico that they could recruit, have them join the team <laughs> while they're there, and then uh, it, boom, know. Clay Thompson's brother. <laughs> he's he's been in professional basketball for like a decade now, <laughs> decade plus. Is he older? An older? Brother? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know old... that. Uh, actually, I don't know if he's older. He's actually been. Uh, Played in like the TBT like many times. Oh, really? And full of times. Yeah. Oh, I think he was actually on the uh, Morris Twins team like five years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Team FOE, and that was the thing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that would be kind of interesting.
4: Yeah. Then, then, uh, just I wanted to circle back to the arterial Morris. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he said, there "Yeah, was here's one the more actual quote. quote." Yeah. Yeah. There was one more quote from our from self where he said, "Arterio is part of the team." There's nothing new about that. Uh, This thing happened before he even – obviously alluding to the incident from June 2022 – happened before he even went to Texas and Texas went through everything. We've gone through everything, so he's definitely going to play for us. The big thing that jumps out to me there is like saying he's definitely going to play for us, like that's about as definitive as you can get in terms of saying whatever the the outcome of the situation is, like clearly they must be very, very confident that it's going to be resolved in some sort of manner in which – Either Arturo Morris is going to be absolved of whatever happened or it's going to be a situation in which he's going to, you know, plea down to whatever, something to where clearly KU is comfortable with with his attitude about it, with him whether he's, you know, being contrite about it or whatever. I mean, you, you can't get any more you can't get any more clear cut and dry than saying he's definitely going to play for us. Right. Like, you can't like and for Bill Self to say that at this stage of the summer, I found that a little bit surprising, right? Because if there was still any question about it, why would he say that? I don't think he would say that. So clearly, whatever's going on behind the scenes, whatever, however it's going to play out, KU feels very, very confident that it's going to end in such a manner in which they can play Arturio Morris and not have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, you know, whether that's right or wrong, that's, I guess, to be determined with how things play out. But uh, I thought that was really interesting because again, if there was even the slightest doubt about anything that was going to happen regarding the situation, why would Bill Self say that? Why would he go so far as to say he is definitely going to play for us?
3: Yeah, that sounds like to me that that they got word from Arterio Morris, his camp, his lawyer, attorney, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, whoever, uh,
4: however it was, whether they did their own research, I don't know. Maybe it's KU it out, attorneys
3: or, are a part of this now. I I don't know how that's all working. That uh, yeah. you know, but
4: but again, whatever, like yeah. you just you can't get any more clear than that. I mean, you know.
3: No, you can't. All right, uh, I want to talk more about Marcus Adams. There was some more stuff that came out today. Interesting story in the Kansas City Star with Trace Latta, and uh, that he's going to have to transfer as opposed to getting out of his national letter of intent. That coming up next. You're listening to RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Um, We will get back to our replay as part of our RCST replay of um, the three KU football recruits that we talked to earlier today in the class of 2024 Desert Edge High School and Andre Gibson, Deshaun Warner and Jonathan Kamara in case you missed it earlier today. Also, we uh, opened up registration for RCST Trivia, the football edition. Uh, If you missed that, you'll have to check it out on the podcast later tonight for how you can get involved in football trivia and win all sorts of free prizes. Coming up this year. We also have our KU mailbag on tomorrow's show. So if you have any questions about that or if, if you want to ask a question for the mailbag. Please. Please yes. ask us questions. At RCST1320. anything. Or email us. RCST1320am at gmail.com.
4: Doesn't have to be necessary. I mean, you know, it's KU mailbag, but it doesn't have to be KU related. People, Some of the best questions we've gotten on the show have been the random fun questions.
3: They have. They have. Somebody
4: asked last week if, if we thought dinosaurs were real. That was a great question. So anything. Yes anything that's on your mind
3: ask away uh, before we get into the uh, Marcus Adams stuff i wanted to make mention of this bookies.com came out with odds about big 12 expansion they have uh colorado at 3 to 1 connecticut at plus 450 utah at plus 450 arizona at plus 500 louisville is at plus 850 arizona state at 1000 to 1 or plus 1000 i'm sorry memphis at plus 1200 san diego state at plus 1500 the field at plus 1400 any thoughts? So, why is Utah higher than Arizona? That's what I'm confused about because it seems like Utah doesn't really want to join the Big 12 and they don't want to be in the same conference as BYU. Yeah don't, yeah, yeah, don't they don't they hate BYU? I think so. A holy war? Yeah, it seems like now, like Colorado and Yukon, I mean, that's kind of what the betting odds are, are saying. Those are the favorites. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. But if you
4: were an original member of the Big 12 and then you left... There should be some sort of extra punishment for wanting to come crawling back.
2: Huh. That'd
3: well, be like, interesting. Like,
4: what do you think? What do you, <laughs> there, should, there should be something, I think. There should be something. Yeah. I right? Don't know. Like, I mean, dude, you can't just let him come back for nothing. You can't just be like, oh, yeah. Well, And also, Colorado is the worst one
3: of all the Big 12 teams that have left. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. They've been worse than Missouri unfortunately. They have, although in their time when they were part of the Big 8, Colorado was actually one of the best. Which is kind of funny how that works. Okay. I don't know if that's right. Like they won national title in the 90s in football and like they no, were I know. good basket I don't know. I would love to have Colorado back. Colorado back think. would be
4: fun, but I'm I don't just really saying, want UConn. I want Colorado back too, but I can't act like I want them back. It needs to be like a <laughs> Oh, you're going to crawling come crawling back
3: yeah. to us. You're going to oh. hear about it.
4: Yeah. Okay, you're going to come. Oh, it didn't work out when you left? Oh, that sucks. Oh, you want to come back? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Then you're going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I do want them back. I think it would be cool if they were back out. Yeah. But I can't say that out loud. Okay.
3: Even though you just did. I, I don't know what you are talking about. I, I didn't say it. <laughs> Strike it from the record, <laughs> delete from the radio. Okay, so uh, Marcus Adams' uh, big news from uh, over the weekend or, or on Sunday was that he is uh, leaving the program, asking out of his national letter of intent. Well, unfortunately, so we, that's not going to happen.
4: Yeah, so we had a, we questioned this yesterday. Of it's this late in the process, he's he has joined the team. He was practicing with the team. Is it a situation where he can? Go back to being a recruit and like whatever or you know and then it com- t- comes out today
3: that he has to transfer yes he has to enter the transfer portal because once you actually enroll in classes so this is the big difference here like chris johnson chris johnson was never actually showed up at ku he was able yeah. to ask out of his national letter of intent it was up to ku whether they decided to sign off on that or not they did because you know you're you're it doesn't bode well if you yeah. don't sign off. You don't on want it. to seem like the bad guy. Yes, because then all that happens is it just delays the kid and it makes him have to sit out a year instead of uh, getting his or, or I guess, use his free transfer. And yeah. you just get bad PR. You don't actually get anything positive out of it. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, up, yeah. So you, you end up not doing that. Uh, and then the 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 other side of this is the Zach Clements one, where Zach Clements said he was transferring but he never actually showed up like on K- he he never, you know, enrolled in classes and and was taking money and stuff. That's why he was yeah. able to come back to Kansas. UC Santa Barbara. Yes, yes, yeah. that's why yeah. he was able to come back without, you know, having to to sit out a year. Although I guess he's redshirting this year so it wouldn't have really mattered. But um for Marcus Adams because he actually enrolled in classes at KU and he spent a couple weeks like on campus and everything, Technically, he is now a member of the University of Kansas, which means for him to get out, he can't just get out of his national letter of intent. He has to actually transfer. Like enter the transfer portal and actually yeah, And use his one-time free transfer, which if he ends up going somewhere and plays right away and he loves it, it's not going to be a big deal. But if he ends up going somewhere else and it doesn't work out for him in year one, which, I mean, after it not working out for you for two weeks at Kansas and wanting to leave already,
4: it probably doesn't bode
3: well. Let me ask you this. Now he's gonna have to sit out if he transfers again.
4: If you're Kansas, is, would would you entertain any uh, any? I mean, obviously, we are not privy to you know the relationships with the which the the Stray Slot article kind of made it seem like maybe the relationships weren't quite there. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I want to really, get into some quotes. Didn't really gel. Uh, but so if you're Kansas, given the circumstances, do you say, listen, Marks Adams, like, why don't you try to make this work with us? Like, it's gonna be. You're you you're digging yourself a very complicated hole here by trying to transfer this late and whatever, and using your one-time free transfer. If you're Kansas, do you do you even entertain that?
3: I don't, because it feels like to me, this happening is very indicative. Especially after we go on some of the quotes here, that uh you know there's not really a great relationship there between the program and Marcus Adams. Um, here let let's just get into the quotes and then I want I want I want to circle back to that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Adams told the Kansas city star, please go read this story. Shreya a did awesome work. I'm not going to give you everything in the story. You got to go to the Kansas city star to check it out yourself. But, um, I felt like KU wasn't the right place for me. I see everybody in the comments and some reporters saying it was about playing time. It's not, I felt like I would have been good there if I stayed, but I had a gut and heart feeling. I felt like it wasn't a place for me. Um, he said, I felt like it was a bit odd with the team. I didn't feel like it was the right fit, so I left when I had some time. Hmm.
4: Yeah, and listen. I mentioned this yesterday. He also said if I'm you're... more of a
3: city kid. I'm not that good in the country.
4: Okay. 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 Oh, that lost okay. You there. okay, first now of all. First of all, what do you think this is? This is not the country. Yeah. Okay. It's, anyways. <laughs>
3: Sorry. Anyway, If he thinks this is the country, what do you think he thinks like Western Kansas is? What do you think like, he thinks Western like Great Bandit, is? Like If he goes to or, Colby, Kansas. Yeah, exactly.
4: Or Dodge City. <laughs> or liberal Kansas. The actual middle-of-nowhere
3: yeah. country. Anyway.
4: Okay, so a couple things. Number one, like I was saying yesterday, I think you have to respect Marcus Adams in that situation. If, if he really, listen, I mean there's no great – if you feel like it's not the right place for you, there's never going to be a great time for you to make that decision to say this is not the great place for me. And if that if that really is the case, then I think you have to give him a little bit of respect and say, okay, you know, this is a guy who realized that very that this was not going to be the best for him, and he wants to to find the best place for him. And I think you have to – to a certain extent, you have to respect sort of the, the guts to make that decision, right? Because, but like I said from his comments, he could have easily just tried to stick it out, but if you already know – at this stage, that you know it's not the right place for you, you know you're not going to be happy at this place, I think that takes a little bit of fortitude to say, okay, then I need to go find somewhere else.
3: Yeah. And, and so that, I get it from that standpoint. It's a very fine line. It's a very fine line because it's like, well, do you try to make it work a little bit longer than 2 weeks, right? Like No, I know. Because I, know. I like okay, for instance, I'm from Southern California. I came out to KU. I didn't know anybody when I came to KU. I didn't know anybody. Of course, that first night you're in your dorm room, you're feeling a little bit lonely. Of course oh, yeah. you are, right? Dude, I knew
4: people at KU and I'm obviously I'm only I only from, from 2 hours away. And, yeah, my first night I was like,
3: yeah. dude, this sucks. Of course. Like, this of is course. terrible. But then you, you have to give it time. You have to give it some time. So it was two weeks the proper amount of time to gain inroads and friendships? Here's 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 one thing I'll bring up. And I'm not saying this is necessarily the case. But this is a good past story um, to kind of tell here. Uh, Chris Humphreys, A lot of people know him from, like, he's in, I don't know, was he engaged, married, dating, I think Kim he Kardashian? Was, whatever it was. Wasn't right? he engaged? I don't know what it was. Didn't, wait, did they it was. get married? Maybe they did. I think they did get married. I don't know. Whatever it was, uh, <laughs> finagling with Kim Kardashian. Dude, this is sad. It is. We're saying Chris Humphries of Kim Kardashian <laughs> <Right>. fame. <laughs> but How messed up is that? NBA player as well. He ended up, uh, he, he went to Minnesota in college. He was a one and done, really good college basketball player. Goes, had had a lengthy NBA career, made lots of money, all sorts of stuff, right? Um. He was being recruited by KU. This was during the end of the Roy Williams era, and... He basically on his visit, the entire time was talking like whatever players were hosting him about how he was going to come in and and run the show in Lawrence and he was going to be the big man on campus and that he was going to lead the team in points and rebounds and all this stuff next year. And it rubbed the current guys the wrong way. And they actually had a meeting the players did like with Roy Williams after the recruiting visit and said, you can't take this guy. And this is this five-star, you know, top 10 recruit in the country. And Roy Williams is like, what are you talking about? And they were like, he's not a good teammate. He's not this and that. Like, we don't want to play with him. And Roy Williams was like, okay, fine. We won't, you know. You you have good players on the You have Drew Gooden and Keith. I don't know what what class of players it was. It was was right around that era. Um, And I'm not saying that's what happened. But the idea here of being like, you know, I didn't fit in. We've talked to a lot of the KU players. Now, we haven't talked to as many this year yet as, as other years because it's a lot of new players. Of course it is. But, you know, I like a lot of the players are very, I don't know, welcoming in a lot of ways that that at least I know um, to where now it's, it's not necessarily a situation of, of saying like, oh, this guy's in the wrong, this guy's in the wrong, or this guy's in the right. Uh, sometimes it's just, you know, you can have two good people and uh, sometimes they just don't jive well. They just don't mix well for whatever reason. But I guess what I'm saying here is you have some established players at Kansas, some established starters who, if you come in and you have this idea to which saying the the thing about, you know, um, it, it wasn't about me not getting playing time, that I would have been good if I stayed. I don't know, man. I don't think you would have been that good for playing time right away. That almost tells me, like, what if this was a situation of you were coming in and you were being very cocky and brash and telling other players, like, I'm better than you and stuff like that, and that rubbed some of these guys the wrong way. That they're like, why aren't you coming in and respecting what we have here?
4: Well, and listen, the rally situation is, what's kind of the one thing that we have sort of deemed to be what could limit Kansas's potential as a team? It's chemistry, right? You're bringing in a lot of new people. Now, you do have a couple of established players, and, like, Kevin McCullough coming back was significant but you bring in a lot of new guys that have to gel pretty quickly. They need to find that chemistry pretty quickly. And if it's not happening right away, then yeah, I, I can understand players feeling different ways about, you know, however however it goes. But but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think this might end up being a, this might end up being a situation where I think when we look back on it and it was maybe best case for both sides.
3: Right. right? that's, well, that's kind of how I feel about it. And, and I guess the thing that is a little confusing here is is the talk about that. Yeah, I am more of a city kid. I'm not that good in the country. And um yeah, you didn't know, you
4: take visits to Lawrence? Right. Like, didn't you know that's what? Lawrence, I'm a little confused like what about was?
3: the idea that like like you didn't know what you were getting all, into. The
4: population of Lawrence is a hun- over a hundred thousand people. What? Wait,
3: wait. What are we talking about? Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't. know. You're also close to Kansas. City. Whatever. Um, <laughs> no, I. That's what I don't get about this. Is that like. You sort of knew what you sh- or at least you should have, but you know we've talked before that you know for some guys you oh, yeah. hear I mean, from Bill Self know. in the recruiting on that the... you're going to be coached hard, but you don't yeah. actually realize how hard exactly. you're going to be coached. There's you a get little here. bit
4: of a rose-colored glasses effect yeah. where when you're on the visit, when you're talking with the coaches before you actually get there, mm-hmm. it, it may look a little, it may look and feel a little different, yeah. than when you actually are down in the down on right. the court
3: grinding. Well, and I guess this is the thing: if you're not, if you come in and you're not getting along with the teammates, but you're the best player on the team and you're like, oh, I'm going to play a ton, and I'm going to get the most shots, maybe things are different. I don't know. But you are right in the standpoint of, you know, Good luck for Marcus Adams, wherever he goes next. No, I do get
4: the sense that that we're going to look back on this in a a year or two and say, okay, this actually kind of worked out for both sides pretty well.
3: Yeah, and and you're right. You don't want a situation where you're spending a full year where a guy is unhappy and it's making the rest of the locker room unhappy because he is there. Yeah. So you would rather...
4: That's the one thing that we have kind of circled as something that could limit KU's potential this season is if they can't get the chemistry
3: together right away. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, makes for that very, difficult, you know, fine line that I kind of talked about where it's like, well, you probably, you know, you, you, need to give it a chance. You can't just give up on it too early, but at the same point in time, once you do hit that mark where you're like, it's just not going to get better, it is better to rip off the band aid. So it's a very fine line. And I don't know if this was too early, too late or, or what the deal is, if you know how, how this all goes down, but, um, you know, Knowing what we know now, I, I guess this is kind of best for all parties. Uh, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. RCST replay next with uh, three of the Desert Edge commits for KU in the class of 2024 on KLWN